Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father Almighty God, we ask in the name of Jesus and we ask sincerely that tonight, O Lord, that by your grace and by your favor, that you turn things around for us. We pray, Father Almighty God, that we discover exactly what you would want us to discover from your word. We ask for your strength, wisdom, insight, and understanding. We pray that this is a day that we never forget because your word will come alive. Lead us, Holy Spirit. Guide us as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And so ladies and gentlemen, um, it's lovely to see you all. Um, I hope you all got my email so you would have got the notes from last week. If this is your first time, don't worry, we'll get them to you. We'll probably pop them into the chat and you can download them. Um, and so because we said a lot last week, we said a, a lot um, about resilience as we looked at Joshua's life. And we're just looking at Joshua 1. It's such an amazing chapter of the Bible. And so for a recap, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read through. And then um, we're going to start from verse 8. Um, probably one of the most famous verses in the Bible. But we're going to start from verse 8. And then we will work down from there. And so I will read. And so I'm going to be reading um, from... I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Classic version. It's a nice, easy reading version, so it, it will go through it. Mm -hmm. And I will read from one to the end, which is purely for a recap. And the Bible says the following. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, Moses, my servant, is dead. So now arise, take his place. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land which I am giving them, the Israelites. Every place upon which the sole of your foot shall tread, that have I given to you, as I promised Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon to the great river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, Canaan, and to the great Mediterranean Sea on the west shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for you shall cause the, this people to inherit the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. Have not I commanded you, be strong, vigorous, and very courageous. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp and command the people, prepare your provisions, for within three days you shall pass over this Jordan to go in to take possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember what Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is giving you of these two and a half tribes a place of rest, and will give you this land east of Jordan. Your wives, your little ones, and your cattle shall dwell in the land which Moses gave you on this side of Jordan. But all your mighty men of valor shall pass on before your brethren of the other tribes, armed, and help them possess their land. Until the Lord gives your brethren rest as he has given you, and they also possess the land the Lord your God is giving them. 
Then you shall return to the land of your possession and possess it, the land Moses, the servant, the Lord's servant, gave you on the sunrise side of Jordan. They answered Joshua, all you command us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. As we hearken to Moses in all things, so will we hearken to you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandment and will not hearken to all your command, him shall be put to death. Only be strong, vigorous, and of good courage. So ladies and gentlemen, that's what we read through last week. And remember, what we're focusing on is the element we're looking at Joshua 1, and we're looking at the elements that we can find in Joshua 1 that teach us about resilience, sticking with it through difficult times and challenging times. And you'll notice a lot of people are going through those times. And so hopefully by today, um, as we go through today, as we're going to go from 8 to the end, as we go through today, the, some of those things will jump out at you. So what have I noticed so far? Um, and so I'm going to pick on a couple of things um, that I want you to have a look at, and that will be, we'll go, go through it. Now, remember, I'm going to break it down. So we're looking, so what we're looking at is Joshua 1 verse 8 now. So we're at verse 8. And so verse 8, like I said, verse 8 is probably one of the most famous verses in the Bible. It is it's quite remarkable. Just as a very, very brief recap, verses six and seven have two phrases in them, and it's be strong and of a good courage and be strong and of a good courage in verse seven. That's how the Lord starts. And he says, be very courageous. And then he begins to give Joshua instructions. But then he comes to the most famous verse, which is this book of the law should not depart out of your mouth. Now, um, if I read that in the Amplified Bible, the reason I like reading it in the Amplified, you'll realize the Amplified and the King James are very, very, very close, barring one adjustment. And so the verse eight says, this book of the law should not depart out of your mouth, but you should meditate on it day and night that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous and you shall deal wisely and have good success. So let's break that down into pieces. And this is one of the keys about staying strong in storms. This verse is, is the, the crux of the matter. So let's see a couple of things you'll notice. The first thing you'll notice is the, that verse starts with this book of the law. Now, when we say the book of the law, at that point in time, the book of the law was the first five books of the Bible that we have. So Genesis, from Genesis all the way up to Deuteronomy. So you've got Genesis, you've got Exodus, you have Numbers, you have um, Leviticus, and you have Deuteronomy. Those five books, those are the five books. And then Joshua was now literally in the process of, um, literally his book was being, his life was being written. And so that, so the Bible at that point in time, or the God's revealed will at that point in time was, the first five books of the Bible. For us, ladies and gentlemen, when the Bible says this book of the law, the Bible is speaking there of the entire Bible, all of the Bible for a variety of reasons. And the reason I say so is this, it's, it's all of the Bible. So what that means is there is, let me, and I can say this very, very simply, there is a section of the Bible that addresses where you are right now and the bible said this book so you have to be brave enough to go and find it whatever you're going through in every area of life you realize that there are elements the bible speaks about what you are going through even some of the most newfangled ones you will realize when you boil them down that that's true and and it's true for a very simple reason um, not only did, does God know everything from the start to the beginning, but turning your Bibles, please. Um, so let's do, let's go a little bit. Let's go uh, to another verse and turning your Bibles, please, to John chapter one, verse one. Um, and we'll read from John chapter one. So let's have a look. Um, I'll read from the Amplified Bible again. 
And the Bible says in the beginning, before all time was the word, Christ. And the word was with God and the word was God himself. We can pause it there. And, and so you can read on to verse four and five. You must realize, um, I'll, I'll, actually, I'll read on to verse three, actually. Verse three is, is, the Bible says he was present originally with God. That's the word. So when you are reading the Bible, you are reading God's expressed person. The Bible also says um, from John chapter one, verse three. Um, so John chapter one, verse three, I'll try and pop them in the, I'll pop them into the chat as, so it doesn't slow us down. Um, John chapter one, verse, so that's where we are. And verse three says the following, all things were made and came into existence through him and without him was not even one thing made that has come into being. So ladies and gentlemen, whatever, wherever you find yourself, when it comes to resilience, where you want to hold on to what God is saying, the raw material God has presented to you to create whatever he is promising is his word. And so God's instructions to Joshua are actually, they're actually quite apt. And he says, this book of the law. And so your Bible must become your friend. And what are my suggestions? Because um, I'd like to be practical. And this is what I do a lot. Find a version that works for you. I have an unfair advantage. I am a English. Um, I've got an, um, an English minor degree. I love old English. I love Shakespearean English. And I am a geek. Okay. What that means is I enjoy the King James. And I enjoy breaking things down. Um, noted. Um, so I've noted we'll stop in about 30 seconds for the declaration. So let's wrap this up. Please keep this in mind. When you're, the Bible says this book of the law, find a version that you like, a version that makes sense. It, they are accurate. Just enjoy it. Find one that works for you. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to pause for this moment and I'm, I'll lead us in our declaration. And so let's declare over our land and let's believe God to heal our land. Oh Lord, we are your people called by your name. We humble ourselves. We pray and seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord, forgive our sins and heal our land. In Jesus' name, we pray. We declare that our land is healed in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Okay. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. That's absolutely wonderful. So this book of the law, find a version of the Bible that you understand and that you can enjoy reading. Because... Everything you're looking for is there. Now, <clears throat> so I, I won't belabor that point. So God says, this book of the law, but then the Bible says something. And this is what I, I want to talk about. So the Bible says, shall not depart out of your mouth. Um, and so most of my quotes may come from the old King James, shall not depart out of your mouth. Now, what does that mean? It's, it's actually, when you look at it, how it's constructed, the word mouth there, it means literally the stream or where you breathe. When the Bible speaks about it shall not depart out of your mouth, the things of what you are saying, what you are saying audibly, and also what you are thinking. Um, you've got to make sure that the, he, he encourages Joshua that, listen, for you to succeed, you have to focus on what I have said. Now, let's put two things together. We've looked at the word, and the Bible said the word God and his word are one. So they're one. If that be the case, everything that God is, God's word is. And that's the beautiful thing about it. So think about it. God is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. God is omnipresent. That means he is everywhere at the same time. 
and God is omniscient. That means he's all-knowing. So when you draw upon the word, all of those qualities you draw into your life. So when you want strength, when you want power, when you want ability, when you want guidance, when you want direction, as you would have done if Jesus was here physically, you would have gone to him and said, which way should I go? And he'll say this way. And then basically that is what you can do with the word of God. And you have a guide and the guide is the Holy Spirit. You can write this scripture down, ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to. Um, John chapter 14, verse 26, or you could write down John chapter 16, verse 13. Speaks of the Holy Spirit as our guide. That, so when we say that, keep it in your mouth, that means you've got to be thinking about it. You've got to be speaking it. You've got to picture it. And so we'll come to that in a minute. So that's what God says to Joshua, keep it in your mouth. But then he gives him a secret. And I think this is where this afternoon or this evening, it's one of the areas, um, one of the areas that I want us to focus on as we go through this, remember. And so I'm gonna pause and I want you to imagine, remember, Joshua is the hinge pin now. Moses is dead. It would be very, not impossible, but it would be very difficult for God to raise a leader who is as prepared as Joshua. So Joshua is important and everything depends on Joshua being successful. And let me say this to you in all sincerity, ladies and gentlemen, the same thing is true about you. A lot is depending on you and God is here to help you make it happen. You are somebody else's miracle. Somebody is believing God, someone, what you're believing God is for is somebody else's breakthrough. Now, the Lord wants to give Joshua an absolute advantage. He wants to make sure that Joshua is able to do what he is required to do because what God wants to do is dependent on it. And God explains to Joshua, and this is what I want you to remember about resilience. It's not about you. It is about God. If you look at what we read earlier, and I'll read it, I'll go back up. The Bible says in verse two, when God says to Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. And he says, now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people unto the land. Notice, unto the land which I, that's me, God, do give them to the children of Israel. So Joshua's success is tied into the fulfillment of God's plans. Let me say this to you as well as you come, as we come to look at this verse, the success of your dreams and aspiration are central to God's plans. He is on your side. He's planned it. We could go on about that, but we won't. So let's go to the, the, the big word. And so the Bible says, this book of the Lord should not depart out of your mouth. Um, that means keep it in your thoughts. We're going to look at that in a moment. But then the Bible says this, but thou shall meditate. Now, meditate, I, I, I've chewed over this the whole week. It's, it's a word that... I, I, I've come to understand, and I, we've used many, many ways to describe it, um, murmur, mutter, but let me put this one into the mix, and hopefully this will make it simpler. I want you to think very carefully about when you are reading a book that you really enjoy, one that's riveting, or you are watching a film or movie or more recently, if you're watching a television program or something on your phone that holds your attention, the following happens. When you're doing it, when you think about, when you give that example, notice, what are you doing? When, you're, when, when the plot begins to twist and turn, you find yourself making judgments. Oh, this is the bad person. This is the good person. Um, I don't know whether any of you watch some of these wonderful re reality television programs. 
absolutely amazing, amazing stuff on TV. And the way they sell it to you, you are on this person's side or this person comes out dodgy, this person doesn't come out dodgy, you're talking to the screen and notice what's happening. You are literally, you're there. And how do I know you're there? I, I watch it with my wife and my children and, and we, we always yell at the television. And so we're trying to tell that, no, don't do that. We can see this guy's untrustworthy. Don't avoid this chat. And we're yelling at the screen. Notice what has happened. That effectively is what meditation is. You are transported from your couch to whether it be a place in, in somewhere on the other side of the world, a place in India, a place somewhere in America, a place in Brazil. So if any of you have worked out what program I'm talking about, that's fine. But basically you can, that you're there. You are then imagining what could happen next. You are then making moral judgments. That's right or that's wrong. You are making decisions. <laughs> that this will never happen to me. You are speaking about it. You are talking about it. But most of all, you are thinking about it and then you are extending it. Now notice, when the program stops, ladies and gentlemen, when the program stops, notice your mind still goes on. You're still thinking about, ah, oh, it could have done this, or it comes up in your conversation, or you're talking to somebody about it at work. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what meditation is. You're there. All of your faculties are involved in considering the circumstances or situations being put in front of you. The Bible says, do the same thing with the stories the principles, the precepts that you find in the Bible. And it does things. Now, this is what I want you to remember. When you spend time doing this with the Bible, exactly what happens when you're watching a movie happens. You literally, you begin to see things that other people can't see. You begin to understand God in a way that you never may never have before. Basically, God transfers everything that's in the word into your life. And you'll begin to realize that it's, it's actually not that difficult. And that's why when the Bible says meditate, let's remember there are three, there are three parts of you used to meditate. Your heart, what you believe with, your mind what you think and picture with, and your soul, what you make decisions with, what you feel with. The Bible says, take the word of God and do that with the word of God. Then what is in the word? The omnipotence of God, the omniscience of God. That means God's all-knowing character, wisdom, insight, understanding, and the omnipresence of God, the ability to be in the same and everywhere at the same time will be transferred to you. God's kindness will be transferred to you. God's, so imagine if, if you're asking God for, um, let's say, let's say you're asking God for a miracle. And this is something that, 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 that has happened to me. If you're asking God for a miracle, then read about the miracles. And as you do so, you will eventually find that when the opportunity comes for you to ask for a miracle, things will begin to happen. And what usually happens to me, I remember that there was a particular Bible I had, and it had a list of the miracles of Jesus Christ. And so there was one particular season, I just began to read through them. Interestingly, miracles began to happen in my world, and I didn't realize, and it was very simple miracles. You'll be driving into Tesco's, and it's like, Lord, I really need a parking space, and somebody will pull out right in front of you. Or somebody says, oh, can you, well, I am a pastor, I, I pray with people, and I say, okay, can you pray about this with me? We'll pray, and the person will, and it will happen, because it becomes, you're a more aware of God can do this. So when the Bible says meditate, um, what's the name of the book? 
which book is that? Oh, when it comes to miracles, what the book, um, the book I read, it was the Bible and it had a list of the miracles. It was a Morris Cerullo Bible. And at the back of the book, you'll find the miracles of Jesus Christ. You'll find it in most Bibles and you can find it on the internet. If I find the list, I'll, I'll send you the link. It's just the miracles of Jesus Christ listed out. And so I just literally went through them. Um, I actually have the Bible. So I'll, if I can't find it, I'll take a screenshot of mine and I'll send it to everybody. So you'll get it. And what it is, is all I did was I just kept reading about the, the miracles. So the centurion's miracle, the miracle that, that the Lord performed on the Samaritan, the miracle of provision. And all of a sudden, miracles began to happen around me. And it was a very interesting world. They began to happen. And then I would find myself having the confidence to pray for people and things would happen. Or I would literally just speak and things would happen. So ladies and gentlemen, this is what meditation does. What I want to do is I want you to realize, number one, it's possible for you to do. Number two, it is simple. But then I want you to understand the outcome. And the outcome is God will transfer himself through the medium of the word into your beliefs, your decisions, and your thoughts. That's who you really are. Okay, I'm gonna skip forward. Notice, and this is something else. Why do you study the Bible? Why do you need to meditate on the Bible? And this is key. The reason we meditate on the Bible is, the Bible says, so that you are able to do. And this is, this is what I want you to understand. Think about it. The miracle worker is not you or I, no matter what we think. The miracle worker is God. That means when we study the Bible and we draw on the Bible and we find out what um, the Lord wants to do and how he wants to do it, the aim of our study is so that we can take an action. That means... Um, excuse me, that means I will do something that the Lord can back up. That might be a prayer. That might be a confession. That might be me laying hands on myself. That might be me laying hands on my child. That might be me speaking over um, a bill. That might be me speaking over a car. That might be me praying for a house. Those actions, remember, no matter what happens, let's understand the miracle worker is God. So the Bible says when you read the Bible, it is to observe to do. When you now do what God has said, he will back you up. Let me give you a very, very short example. Turning your Bibles, please, ladies and gentlemen, and I want you to turn to Luke 5, and I'm only going to read two verses because of time. Luke 5, and we're going to look at verses four and five. Now I'll tell you the story from verses one to three. Jesus comes to the, the, the seaside. He wants to speak to a crowd and he realizes I won't be able to do it on the land. I need, I need a bit of a distance so that my voice can carry. And he gets into a fishing boat and he said, can you just push away from the, the land? And so everybody is standing on the land and Jesus is able to teach from the boat. The boat he gets into is Simon Peter's boat. They haven't met. This is the first time they've met. When he finishes preaching, he turns to Simon Peter and he, he turns to Simon Peter. And I'll, I'll read it in the Bible in basic English because it's easier to read. And the Bible says from verse four, that means Luke five, verse four. Let me put that in there for you. So Luke... five four to five got it okay so we come to luke five verses four and five and the bible says when this talk was ended he said to simon go out into deep water and let down your nets for fish and simon answering and said master we were working all night and we took nothing but at your word i will let down the nets. So basically, keep this principle in mind. Peter said, I've tried my best and it has not worked. But because you say so, I will do what you say. 
The, the outcome is quite miraculous. Peter lets down a net and, and an out of season miracle happens. And may an out of season miracle happen to you. But let's keep this in mind. Keep that picture in your mind and imagine that Jesus is your Bible. So when Peter reads the Bible and he realizes from the Bible, the Lord says, at this point in time, try again, toss the nets out. Meditation means you read about it, you do cross-referencing. And that's one of the things I want to show you. A lot of the things that I'm saying to you have references all over the Bible. That's how you build that complete picture. So you'll be able to say, you know what? I know what the Bible is saying. And so I can take an action. Primary action, speak. We'll come to that in a moment. Then once you've spoken or when you've prayed or when you've decided or when you thought about it or you've imagined, you take a physical action and God is able to back you up and we call that a miracle. And so when the Bible says so that you are able to do, the words are not there for nothing. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what I wanted you to realize today is this. Um, I'm going to go, let me go back into the KJV plus for this. Yes. He says, you should meditate therein day and night. And then he says, so you may observe to do. So the outcome of you studying the Bible is to take an action. What does God want me to do now? That's the key element. And so, ladies and gentlemen, please hear me well. I know a lot of people are going through a difficult time. I know this might be a challenging time. And the way you're going might be new, but trust in the Lord. Read, and it doesn't have to be a lot. Read, study, let the Lord open it up to you, and then he will give you the courage and the strength to take an action that he can back up to give you results that he would get if he was in your presence. Okay? All right. So that's that's the second thing. So we've got to that part about meditating. The Bible says meditate therein day and night. We've kept let's move on so we go to that you may do great now this is one of the fun parts this is where i went when i was studying this i i, I began to freak out when i broke this verse down and when i was reading it and this is why study is great the bible makes this statement the bible says for then you shall make your way prosperous. Now, I've always read that, and I've read it as one word, one sentence. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to realize is when you look at that in the Old King James, or you look at that in Hebrew, it's actually what it says is the word prosperous is used twice. And this is one of the things I wanted you to keep in mind. When the Bible says, thou shalt make thy way what it's saying is you will become prosperous where on the inside so effectively it is you shall become or you will cause to you will begin to believe you will begin to believe about yourself God will convince or impart a bit of himself into you and you on the inside will become prosperous. On the other end, then he then says, you will make your way prosperous. That is where through your words and your actions, what you are on the inside, you begin to carry out on the outside so let me use a very very spiritual example very very spiritual example um one of the things i never was able to cook was jollof rice i couldn't cook it and it wasn't so much that i couldn't cook because i slowly began to learn to cook after i got married and but jollof rice was one of the big ones and my wife my wife makes it amazing so I thought, I'm, I'm just not going to try because there's no need for me to screw up 
And so one day we decided to try a new jollof rice recipe and we did it together. And we followed the YouTube, um, the YouTube apps that are wonderful. So the next time I watched and I watched the YouTube app, oh, so you should do this, do that, do this, do that. Do that. And then the next time we want jollof rice, I thought, okay, you know what? Let me just try. So I had, you know, two screens open, pots in front of me, the whole thing. And I basically worked through this lady's guidelines and it worked. What happened? On my inside, I felt like, yeah, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this. The moment that happened, I thought, what else can I do in the area of cooking? And so I began to try new things. What happened? The simple process of watching somebody else, trying it out in a safe environment, watching the results happen, getting it right once or twice, I began to believe on my inside that I can do this. That belief now began to express itself into weird and wonderful dishes whereby I began to take risks I would never have taken with different meals or things I'd never tried before or things I haven't cooked before. That is what the Bible says when it says, you shall make your way prosperous. It's a two-stage process. First, pros let's use prosperous, prosperity or causing something to prosper. It, you become it on the inside. But then the Bible uses the same word about make your way prosperous. And then you translate who you now are on the inside into the way you live, the way you act and what you do. And all of a sudden you begin to have success. And that's the last thing we're gonna to come to in verse eight. The Bible says upon that particular action, when it says, and you shall then have good success, keep this in mind. The Bible says, then you shall act wisely and you shall have good success. So on the basis of you becoming on the inside and speaking into your world on the outside, you will take an action that God can ride on and it will create what you're looking for. And notice God says, to Joshua, follow this pattern and you will be successful. Why am I focusing on this? No matter what's going on around you, win the battle on your inside. Win the battle on your inside. Why do I say win the battle on your inside? Once you've won the battle on your inside, you can make the outside change. So let's, before I, before we go on, so this is, remember, the Bible says meditate therein. There's something else that happens when you meditate on the word. Now, when I say meditate on the word, you can use any word you like. You can use think about, you can use immerse yourself, you can use think on, you can use muse over, you can use mutter, you can use repeat, you can use ponder. All of those things mean effectively the same thing, but there's something happens and this is, this is one of the beautiful things about the, the Bible. When you spend time thinking about it, and if you think of all the examples I just gave, notice it went from information to the revelation. So information says it is present. Revelation says I have got it. Two different concepts. And when God gives you revelation, that means he takes the word of God and he opens it up to give you revelation. It changes the way you function. I, I, want, I want to show you the difference between information and revelation very quickly and then I'll move on so we can conclude today because it's very important. Um, sometimes a picture is better than... Um, a lot of words. So turn with me to 2 Kings and we'll have a look at chapter 2. 2 Kings 2. 2 Kings 2. And I'm going to, I'm only going to read from, effectively there are three parts. 
Uh, let me skip into the Bible of base kings because it's not, we're not breaking it down. I'll read from one and I'll stop at nine and I'll, I'll show you the difference. So now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a great wind, Elijah went with El Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, come no farther, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord is living and as your soul is living, I will not be parted from you. So they went down to Bethel. So Elisha knew something that no one else knew. And when Elijah said, you know what, I'm good. You know, it's been great knowing you. I'm about to go stay here. He said, I'm not going. But now listen, verse three, and at Bethel, the sons of the prophets came out to Elisha and said, has it been made clear to you that the Lord is going to take away your master from over you today? And he said, yes, I have knowledge of it. Say no more. But notice, those sons of the prophets didn't follow him. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the difference between revelation and information. Information will make you talk about something. They noticed. They said, you know what? We've picked up something's about to change. We realize a change is going to happen. But then they did nothing. Elisha realized a change was going to happen, but because he knew more than they did, he had come to an inner understanding of what everybody else knew. He took an action and said, I'm not going to leave this man because something has to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, when you spend time in the Bible meditating on the word, what happens is God will turn information the, re the realization that it exists to revelation, the knowledge that it is yours and you can use it. They're two completely different things. When you have revelation, so and so when Paul is praying for the Ephesian church, and I've just tossed this in, we'll talk about it another day. When Paul is praying for the Ephesians church from Ephesians 1 verse 17, I'll put that into the chat. Um, I may have mentioned it before, but I'll put it in for today. Ephesians 1 from 17, you will realize he prays and he says, oh Lord, that please grant, I'm, I'm paraphrasing these, please grant the Ephesians the following. The first thing he said, give them the spirit of wisdom. In short, he said, give them the capacity to understand things the way you understand things. Then he said, give them revelation in the knowledge of you the knowledge of jesus christ that means reveal something to them that will enable them to change their lives and you realize that is his prayer and then he says that they may know and that's the life-changing part why did i say that today ladies and gentlemen the battle you're fighting you will win on the inside and God in his infinite mercy will turn it around for you. When you spend time meditating, and after this, I'll move on. When you spend time meditating on the word of God, information becomes revelation. And then you will take an action and the miracles by God's special grace will happen. All right, let me skip. Let's go on because we've got a few verses to, to go on. So let's go to verse nine. Okay, right. So verse nine, and then the Lord now becomes quite emphatic with Joshua. And this is what I want to break down for you. And then we'll come to the end. The Bible says, have not I commanded you? Please remember, we said this. I know you may be going, one of the key elements of getting through a tough time is this, knowing that God is going with, going through it with you but he's already gone through it and he is not under it. He's over it. He is in charge. And that means he will carry you. And the Lord said this, I'm now reading from Joshua chapter one, verse nine. I'm back at Joshua one, verse nine. Okay. Joshua one, verse nine. Let me pop that in the chat. Joshua 1, and I'm back at verse 9, so we'll run to the end. There we go. 
And so the Bible says, now read it again for you. I'll read from the, from the Amplified Bible because it's, um, let me see, are we there? Let me get it in the Amplified Bible for you so we can, just show one, and we'll go to verse nine. And the Bible says, have not I commanded you? Please keep this in mind. When God gives you his word, God is responsible to bring it to pass. We've said it time and time again, and God said to Joshua, listen, I have commanded you, you are where you are because I planned it to be so. Ladies and gentlemen, let me say this to you. You are where you are, and some of the places you might be might be difficult, but God is still in absolute control. And he said, have I not commanded you? So you can take it to the bank. If I am faithful, then you don't need to be worried. And that's what God is saying. And so the first thing he says is, have not I commanded you? Then he says, be strong. We've spoken about that, vigorous and very courageous. We've spoken about that. So he says it for the third time. When God repeats it, he's saying it for a good reason. So that is exactly it. Jeremiah chapter one, verse 12. Thank you. Charlotte, that's a fantastic reference. Jeremiah 1 verse 12. What's she put into the chat? The Bible says, God says, I will watch over my words to perform them. Fantastic. Fantastic reference. Brilliant. So that's what we hold on to. And so God refocuses Joshua that, remember, I commanded you. You are not on your own. So ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are, remember, God brought you here and he will take you through. No matter how difficult or painful, he'll get you through it. But then he says, be strong, vigorous, and courageous. We spoke about that last week. So I want, it's in your notes. It's in the notes I sent to you. But then he says two things. The first thing he says is, do not be afraid. And when the Bible says, do not be afraid, it means do not stand in awe, dread, or allow yourself to be harassed. Do not stand in awe, dread, or allow yourself to be harassed. Now, sometimes you can think, well, what does that mean? Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 to 18. Daniel 3, verses 16 to 18 explains it. Nebuchadnezzar is the most powerful king in the world. And he's upset with these three boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then he says, listen, either do what I say or we'll throw you into the fire. Their answer is legendary. And notice the one thing they are not, they're not in awe. That means frozen to the spot because of the magnitude of the person speaking to them. Neither are they afraid and or in dread that, my goodness, what can you do to us? And neither are they harassed. And their answer is is legendary. Um, I'll read it because it is legendary. Then we'll roll on. Daniel 3. I'm only going to read. Um, I'm going to read from 16 to 18. And the Bible says, now I'll read from the King James Version of the Bible because I've got that open. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This is Daniel 3, verse 16. Because everybody's got that. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which you have set up. Please, ladies and gentlemen, one of the things that you must remember is this. Why is it so important? This is one of the keys of making sure you make progress even in difficult times. Keep your focus on God. Do not be in awe of anything that has come against you. Do not be terrified of it and don't let it harass you because your God is bigger than what you are confronting. Then um, Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego found out that what they were being presented with, which was a nightmare, God was able to take over. And the Bible says, it's a wonderful story. Please read it on your own time, but it's great. So what is God saying? As you focus on my word, it takes that away from you 
the ability to be overawed, harassed, or to be in dread of something. The second thing that says there is, neither be thou dismayed. Now, dismayed is a very interesting word, and it means this. It means do not prostrate to or break down because of violence, confusion, or fear. So when you hold on to God, he will give you strength that no matter what you are facing, you will have an answer so that your confidence will not be broken or shattered. Do not be dismayed. Don't panic because God is in absolute control. And so this is what we find. So this is, you realize, so God is now saying that, listen, you do this and I'm on the other side of the challenge. I am on your side. And then the beautiful thing is this. The Lord says, let me turn to it so I can get it in, get it verbatim. The Lord says this. And then he says, for the Lord, your God is with you. And this is the beautiful word is with us however, wherever you go. And so ladies and gentlemen, I want you to realize your confidence is found in the fact that God is with you. When you read his word, when you spend time in his word, notice the instructions he gave to Joshua. He said, just keep going, do, do this, and I will be with you. When God is with you, he will be there to deliver, to support, to heal, to turn things around. Your confidence and your assurance is not foolishness. It is because God is with you. Verse 10 says, then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, and the Bible says same. Notice, the outcome of his time with God led to an action that kick-started the second phase of his life. So will it be with you. He takes action, and God blesses him for it. But this is the part I want to read. I want to read to the end from 11. I'm going to read from 11. Joshua gives them instructions and I want to read down to verse 18. And this is actually, because of time, I'll actually read verse 18. Um, I'll read verse 18. And this is what the people that Joshua is meant to lead say. And from verse, I'll read from 17. According as we hearkened unto Moses in all things, so will we hearken unto you. The only the Lord God be with you as he was with Moses. So they repeat what God has said to Joshua. That's one. Then they say, Whosoever does not, whoever does rebel against your commandment and will not hearken unto your words in all you command him will kill. <laughs> we'll put him to death. And then they make a statement. They say, only be strong and of a good courage. I wanted to end on those two verses. And, and this is where I'll wrap it up. I wanted to end on those two verses, and it, it's just it's a simple phrase. God has already gone before you. What Joshua was worried about, the people had already picked up. So they were as they were more submitted to God than he imagined. Hear me well. God has already gone before you. So this is the key thing. Don't underestimate God and don't underestimate the fact that you have been prepared. And so those are the things that I picked up from Joshua 1. We have about five minutes to go. If you would like to pop any questions into the chat, feel free. If we can't get through all of them today um, and you want to email them to the communications team, that will be absolutely fine. But please, what I want you to remember is notice. God had prepared the people that he was sending Joshua to. God has prepared a place for you that he is sending you to. The key element is that he's with you. How do you stick with that? You hold on to his word. All right. Any questions you have from that? And we'll wrap that up. Um, and by the way, before I'm asked, yes, I will send you notes on today's session. It's just, it's just been the way it is. Okay, so yes, if you have any questions that are not answered today, Send them to communications at jesushouse.org.uk. It's in the chat. 
but are there any questions? If you have them, please pop them into the chat. We've got about five minutes. Let's do that. Um, yep, Shola, that's correct. That's Jeremiah 29, verse 11. The thoughts I have towards you, they are for good and not for evil. They are thoughts of peace to give you and expected end. That expected end is what you pick up in the Bible. So when you pick that up in the Bible, you pick up in the Bible that, so now you and God have exactly the same expectations. You have the same expectation. So I don't know who I'm speaking to. Hopefully this helps somebody. Um, and, and I pray it really does. Let me pull up. Proverbs 23, verses 17 to 18. Proverbs 23, verses 17 to 18. The Bible says the following, let not your heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. The Bible says, for surely there is an end and your expectation shall not be cut off. Ladies and gentlemen, God has given you an assurance. Okay. Um, what is the title of tonight's Bible study? So we, we, we've called it Joshua Character Study. Um, and so we, we've titled it Resilience. So you can, that's perfectly fine. So that's how, we'll, that's what we'll call it. So it's been called Joshua Character Study and we'll do it that way. Any questions? So is everybody clear? Okay. Can the information, oh, wow, they're flooding in. Um, all right. Can the information you get stirring you a different direction of the revelation that you are not, of the revelation you are not seeking? Okay. Um, your question is slightly unclear. Uh, um, Telma, could you pop that question in? When you say, can the information you get Stir you, steer you in a different direction of, of the revelation, one that you are not seeking. I think I know what you mean, but I'm not sure. Please, if you if you are there, just rephrase it and pop it into the chat, and then we'll go from there. Um, and hopefully that you, if you can do that in the next couple of minutes, that would be great. Okay, if God wants you to know something, but you are ah, good question. Can you come to God? looking for one thing and God point out something else that you are not looking for? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. The reason being is sometimes something will bring us to God. And I'll give you an example. Um, let me use David's men. First Samuel chapter 22, reading from verses one to two. David finds himself outside of Saul's favor. He's now outside of the favor of the king. And then three types of people come to look for him. And they don't particularly come to look for him for anything. They are in debt, they are in distress, and they are discontented. And they come and they find David because they think, you know what, we can relate to you. You're suffering, we're suffering, you know. But then the Bible says David becomes captain over them. And they go from being in debt, in distress and discontented to becoming the premier fighting force in Israel. And then they become kingmakers. And notice by the time you meet these guys in 1 Samuel 30, they have a city full of wealth. So sometimes a problem will bring you to God or you will come to God because you're crying out for something or you're crying out for something else. Keep this in mind. Please keep this in mind. God will tell you not only what you want to know, but he will tell you what you need to know. So can God tell you? So when the information takes you to God and God reveals something else to you, don't panic. Why? Because God loves you and he only means you well. So sometimes you will come to God and he will tell you, put down something that you think is really valuable. That is because he knows that there's something more valuable ahead of you. And that thing that is more valuable is him. 
and he will make it worth your while to use a phrase. So Telma, great question. So if you know something and you're asked that, can God tell you something else? Yes, he can. Because what? It's a relationship and he loves you. Ladies and gentlemen, um, I hope you've had a, a great evening. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. May God be kind to you. For those of you that are believing God for miracles and for those of you that might be fighting a health challenge, then we believe God with you. And we believe that God will be kind for you. And so I'll see you next week. Um, we'll start a different subject next week. Should be fun. Um, and just watch out for all the announcements. God bless you, ladies and gentlemen. And may God grant you miracles. In Jesus' name, amen. 